Hey, what's up everybody? Anton here. I just want to let you guys know that we had some technical difficulties with this week's episode and through the editing process we weren't able to get everything that was included in this week's episode, but we didn't want to lose the entire episode because we had such a great experience having Cam on as a guest, so we still wanted to release what was usable for you guys this week. Next week will be back to normal. Uh, the joys from working from home. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 22 of the Extra Slice, brought to you by the Cheesy Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Anton Laplatte. Joining me, as always, we have the mayor of Stardew Valley and Eorzea, Chris Montabano. I always love the summer events. Oh, and the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Chris. <laughs> Just Happy so birthday. Hi, guys. <laughs> it's my so, birthday. Chris is definitely feeling it today. Definitely already. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Dude, you were jamming out to the Carter 3 before Cam came in, and it was just... I'm glad yeah, I just want to go ahead and apologize for anything I might say. Or no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't regret a damn thing. Turns all the way up. It's, it's my birthday. Forgive me. Uh, we have the most degenerate squid in the sea, Jalen Roberts. Look, Sonic Adventure 2 is the best 3D Sonic game. 100%. I would agree. 100%. 100%. Followed by Sonic Heroes. Mm, yeah. I guess this man is correct. Yeah. This man is correct. I do not like Sonic Heroes, but I won't disagree with your first statement. The Akoski Durag Madrid Devon. Man, Buster Sword physics is a real thing. <laughs> Especially on the PS5. <laughs> And joining us for the first time, we have Dual Shocker, Staff Rider, kind of funny best friend, and just general Pokey fan. Like going through your Twitter earlier for research, was it was like, oh, this guy will totally fit in 100%. One of uh, us. <laughs> one of us. Cameron Hawkins. How's it going? I feel like I should say some sort of random take as my intro. So let's just say. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Stream Drop Distance should have been a Riku-only game. You're not wrong. I couldn't even bring myself. I was never that much of a Kingdom Hearts fan to go and get myself into Dream Drop Distance. I'm I'm so sorry. It's the greatest franchise. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I completely get it. Like, I am not going to argue against a single Kingdom Hearts fan. I've figured out the story through osmosis and through playing the games I have played. But, yeah, Dream Drop Distance seems to be one that I just... The general advice is, as long as I know what happened, don't go play it. Did you just say Kingdom Hearts is the greatest franchise? Franchise? It's my favorite franchise. Oh, okay, never mind. I mean, I think it's the greatest greatest franchise. Come through the internet. I think it's the greatest franchise, yeah. All right. I I want to toss my hat to... it's about to fall to Persona once I start hitting these other games and see what is what's what it's really on. And Persona, or maybe even the whole like, SMT umbrella, you know. I can't Let's wait see. for my Steam friends list to like get into it because. Did, did someone I put say it, look, when you're ready for your RPGs to fight back, start go back, start playing some SMT. Wait, did someone say umbrella? <laughs> Chris, <laughs> put your Resident Evil loving ass down. 
first. Talking about the greatest franchise ever. <laughs> Definitively on one today. The franchise <laughs> wars. So, Chris, what have you been playing this last week? Uh, so, I played a little Overwatch with you guys, and I sucked. I was, um... Overwatch sucks, bro. It's okay. No, because uh, I didn't Overwatch realize when you were playing competitive that if somebody had a score higher than what, I don't, I still don't get it. I just wasn't able to play anything I was good at. I just had to play tank and I'm not good at them. I'm very ass at them and I'll admit it. I suck at tank. Yeah, it was, you, <laughs> it was bad. Your tank. I, could use improvement, but it like it's fair like my diva, for you to be just completely bad at the game. My diva was <laughs> your diva was serviceable. You did, you weren't like no, slam dunk. I won't even. Bombs I won't even. No, hold on. I won't let Anton slander me in that way. My diva was <laughs> kicking ass. I was getting silvers and golds and some divas, so he can fuck all the way off with he his no DPS ass. Yes, I did. I will not let him slander me in that way. I was killing it as diva, but Lana is a better diva than I am. So, so I am humbly. I, so is Madrid. We no, you're you not a better Madrid. diva than I am. You can sit down, Reinhardt. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. No, ooh, hammer, oh, he heat. put the hammer down. <laughs> uh, so I gave up diva for Lana because she's a way better tank than I am, and I tried to play. As Arissa, and I am so sorry for the team that I played with. I was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad. Like, and considering I, Arissa's I just felt like my like, second most to, played character at this point. Like, to be fair, I was redacted as redacted could get. Uh, yeah, it'd be like that. I was... <laughs> yeah, I ate a redacted, and I was feeling it at that point. And I was just like, I should the probably react, tell them... The redacted could, started to kick in? Yeah, I should. I was like, I should tell them I should stop. I should stop playing this game because I'm not going to be any help for them. And then I heard Anton grunt, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to keep playing. And so I did terrible. <laughs> so you terrible. just threw because you knew I needed I became, those competitive points. I became toxic because someone else grunted, and I was like, no, this is exactly what you did when, when Rocket League happened. And so, yeah. I, I'm a bad oh, person. Oh, so this when is just all payback from Rocket League two weeks ago? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I'm not a good person at uh, at uh, Overwatch unless I'm playing healer or DPS. <laughs> and I know that now, and I'm humbly <laughs> able to say that. But right, so come to, to terms like, with... cleanse, cleanse my chakra or whatever someone would say, uh, I've been playing modded. I've been playing some some modded Stardew Valley, and it's you been heard the most Chris's transmission. It's you most... heard Chris's transmission like have to shift gears. Like he's it's like, hold on, I'm heating because of Overwatch, but like let me downshift because we're, we're in Stardew gotta, Valley I'm mode now. Toxic, I'm pure. I had to bring it back down because I've been feeling the most tranquil I've ever felt in my life. Like, modded Stardew Valley is probably the best I've, game I've ever played in my life at this point. It's just so simple 
and so easy. And I've played, I've done everything I possibly could on Switch and on PS4 that me feeling guilty about cheating on PC, I don't. I've I've weaved out and I've made every character on Stardew Valley an anime character, and that uh, definitely shit. that helps with the waifus, a hundred percent. And my language. Exactly. So like, like the everything just looks better in this game on PC. I've just made it look good, and I've made it easier for me to obtain the things I've already obtained on Switch in PS or on Switch in PS4 to kind of get myself back up to where I am, and just make the aesthetic of my farm look good, and just make myself the inner of myself of what I've tried to achieve in this game worth it. And that's just where I'm at on Stardew Valley and I'm, I'm feeling good about myself and I think that's all that matters with a video game. <laughs> After I felt like I did so trash at Overwatch. So, like, what mods I, do you have installed? Is it just, like, what... Uh, is it a compiler you're using? Is it, like... What okay. do you got going on? What's your mod setup for Stardew Valley? Okay, so if you want a mod for Stardew Valley, first off, you need to get Smappy, which you can get on nexus.com slash Stardew Valley. It's the first, one of the first most popular uh, mods to get. You add, download that, and that creates a uh, mod folder within the Stardew Valley. And then you put all your mods in there. And then secondly, there's a um, there's a patch updater that you have to download to put within your mod to change anything that is visually changing within the game. So if you want to change the like buildings, if you want to change the characters outside of just like changing the .xmb files, uh, you have to add that into the mod. So you have to download the patch updater and put that into your mod folder. And that's what I added. And so I've changed the entire environment to where it's not yellow anymore. The grass or the, the, the sand, what it looks like is now brown, which makes more sense for ground. <laughs> um, the trees Bro. look, yeah, the trees look better. Like all of it looks a little darker which is so, like gives to this aesthetic that's cool and then i've changed the buildings to where it looks <clears> like the midwest that a tornado is going to come in and destroy all of my farm within 25 seconds so a tornado uh, flew around your room yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. a tornado flew around my room uh it, it really frank oceaned all over the place but D dude you should watch I've, jojo's part four and like go for I, that aesthetic because the sure. way those colors shift, like on Stardew Valley, it would hit. Right. I changed all the portraits on there so every portrait looks like an anime character and they look great. Like this person has been doing it since 2016 and has been consistently updating. And so the as the artist has progressed, the pro portraits have progressed and they look great. So... I don't look like I'm dealing with like some 16-bit character that I'm like, I guess your wordplay is good and I'm going to make you my wife now and or husband if you're into 
like either way because this game is very progressive and a shout out to that um then also i added shout the out. best one yeah the best one is uh cf cheats to where you can like change the weather change the time of day work to wherever you want to go to like literally anything you want to do in this game you can just do it and have it except for like just randomizing like just getting any item you want because that is another cheat but i didn't feel like i needed to get that because i was like uh i don't want to cheat that bad i would like to work wherever i want to at the beginning of the game before i get fast travel with the carts uh but i don't really need to like cheat and get a bunch of money that i didn't earn i'm still trying to actually play this game so yeah that's where i'm at it's it's actually a dope ass like the mods that they've done for Stardew Valley, even with the expansions, I have added some expansions that create uh, relationship dialogues within the community. So other NPCs are actually in relationships with each other, unless I choose to be in a relationship with them. Uh, kind of just expands on this universe that I've I've spent since 2016 on. Just like okay. This is now becoming bigger and bigger, and like the community is just making it a Better. more whole story. Right, and I mean that's what the mod community, pretty much for right. any game, that's they're the source of some of the things that a lot of times go into. And I mean that's pretty much anything that's open source, anything that like outside people can develop for. They're gonna mm -hmm. definitely put their energy into making the thing they love better so i've seen like a lot of animal crossing and a lot of pokemon and just pretty much any game even if it's not supported on pc people finding a way to mod it like emulate it and then mod it to make the games they like a lot better but uh cam introduce yourself to the cheesy family uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I'm a staff writer over at DualShockers.com. Uh, I've been in the industry for a little over a year now. Uh, I started nice. uh, early April of last year. Um, a lot has happened since then um, that I did not expect to happen so quickly. But, um, you know, I'm forever thankful for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love video games. Uh love movies um uh, some of my favorite uh video games uh just to you know kind of give people an idea of where i'm at uh, uh my favorite video game of all time is kingdom hearts 2 i think that game is a masterpiece okay. um yes can agree yeah. uh my second favorite game of all time is pokemon crystal on the game boy color um, hey man it needs to be pokemon yes. emerald uh, no no yes Can um mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my third favorite game of all time is Mass Effect 2. Uh, and then fourth and fifth with... A man of culture. Fourth and fifth, uh, Final Fantasy 7 and uh, The Wolf Among Us. Ah! Hey. You pretty much just hit, like, at least everybody on the podcast, like, yeah, in a very... He's all right. He's good. I mean, all, <laughs> of our, all of our pinpoints series... Like, Jalen, I know, is somebody who's been a lot more inv invested in the wolf. Ah. 
a lot more invested in the wolf among us over me because i know telltale their games have never clicked for me i think the only one that's really like the only one that i the only two that i've played through have been last not the last of us the walking dead season one and then tales from the borderlands okay so yeah I, outside of that i haven't really done anything with telltale games mm-hmm. yeah so for me uh the Wolf Among like the Wolf Among Us is definitely in my opinion is the best Telltale game, but like Clementine specifically is like my second favorite video game character ever. Um, I think uh, like The Walking Dead the final season was my game of the year last year by a long shot, even over Kingdom Hearts three. Um, if you like, I know a lot of people didn't play it because it went yeah. under the under the radar. Um, yeah, because of they the, had all the, the issues the, with Telltale the, falling apart, and then Skybound came in and finished yeah, it up. Yeah, and um, but that that game is is arguably uh, better than the first season, in my opinion. I think it's just as good, if not better. Um, uh, so I, I I really encourage those uh, who are interested in The Walking Dead to finish finish everything. Like go, you know, you don't pr- like like ideally it's best to go through all the seasons, but you really don't have to as long as you uh, go play the first season. You could you could hop to the the last season, um, uh, and just know that Clementine's taking care of uh, has been taking care of this uh, young child named AJ since his birth basically, and uh, they're surviving. And that's uh, that's all you really need to know going into it. Outside of like um, outside uh, uh, like after the first season, I would say are the is like the only really main big plot point that you should know going into it but you should yeah it's definitely worth playing um it it uh it hit me emotionally like across the spectrum and uh yeah i think uh i think both the first and final season of walking dead are like right up there with wolf among us but i think that wolf among us like literally has the best ending to a video game i've ever played so um that's why it kind of just barely goes over the top for me okay so earlier I want to bring this conversation back up and we can tie it into news and we can tie it into some of the stories we got to talk about. But this is actually the first Twitter Twitter interaction we had between you and I was the debate that we've had ongoing of Generation 2 versus Generation 3 of Pokemon. And you said your favorite game's Crystal. My favorite game is Emerald. Mm Mm-mm. Like, I have <laughs> copies of Emerald in Japanese, one complete in box. It's just been... I... Emerald's a game that I will continuously... If I have a way to emulate games, I'll be emulating Emerald, and I'll be playing it. I really want to get a new sealed version of Crystal, just at, just for display purposes. At uh, But it's expensive now, so... Uh, maybe yeah. some, Maybe well, someday, but... Um, I couldn't get a like my emeralds complete in box, but very far from sealed. And like emerald was, I know emerald here was compatible with the wireless adapter, but emerald in Japan actually came with the wireless adapter the way fire red and leaf green came with it here. So I have that package of emerald complete in box, but yeah, it definitely is not sealed. It was like, yeah, somebody probably sold this to a. St- a shop in Japan that sold it to me on eBay. 
today the there was the Pokemon presentation that was I want to say it was the Pokemon Direct that it Pokemon Presents is po- I think was what it was called. Yeah, yeah, well that was the one today, the but the one that they had that was <laughs> that they had that was similar to it around this time last year where they talked about the Detective Pikachu and Pokemon Sleep. They had something that was almost the exact same framework as this. But this was like the next evolution of it because last time they had people actually physically on stage and like different presenters coming out to talk about the different things this was just like a video package that cut out a lot of the bloat like the guy talking about godzilla in the one last year uh but this one it showed so they showed pokemon teeth which is pokemon Pokemon Smile? smile I've just seen all the memes calling it Pokemon. What? <laughs> and Pokemon so it's munchies. an app for kids that uh, encourages them to brush their teeth using Pokemon. It's like an augmented reality game where kids brush their teeth into a smartphone screen and get Pokemon hats. And like the better they brush, okay, the okay, more okay. Pokemon ooh, they're ooh, catch. Ooh, conspiracy theory. So that's just the government, brother, trying to identify your dental records by recording it in an AR situation, and they want you to catch a chick a reader, but that chick is reading your Tifa. So, so, so. Okay, that's, that's enough of my theories. Actually, no, 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 no. He's right. See, what they're doing is they're creating your dental records so they can place you at whatever crimes they want you to be. Because when they abolish the police, abolish Don't the police. you lose all your children? <laughs> Don't you lose all your child teeth by like the fifth grade, third grade, something? See, like that? there's a there's a AI out there that can that can like predict. There's an algorithm going that can predict what your teeth will look like based on your baby teeth, and your probably like your um your social economic status. Look, there's an algorithm that will figure out exactly who you will be What's off the sole fact that you exist. I can't with you. It's called the fact. simulation. It's look. It's already look. It are the singularity already happened, brother. The AI was already sentient. It was smart enough to play dead. No. <laughs> You've activated my trap card. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Holy shit! Yo, first Chris's mind is being blown. First of all, y'all right, and I'm I'm done. I'm about to go figure out the world and what existence is it's been cool being on this podcast look look nintendo told us what we got to do just chill and take pictures of pokemon that's all, all we right. got to do nintendo's just telling you to brush your teeth Next, oh. it, it really should and be enjoy pokemon a nice cold beverage <laughs> uh but they also said jota was the best i heard that too well, there's I mean, so you saw the you saw the Johto Pokemon next to the CEO, do you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the presentation, the CEO he was sitting. He had what the fully evolved Hoenn starter. Start. So no. Typhlosion, no. Frolligator, Meganium. Yeah, Johto starters. The Jota. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you said Hoenn. Oh yeah, Johto starters. <laughs> so you got J3 were... on the brain. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, but you're uh, wrong. <laughs> but there is feeling a type of way. Yeah, good lord. But uh, going into that presentation this week, it was I didn't know what to expect because they already had the trailer that kind of 
showcased everything for the Isle of Armor about a I think that was last week we talked about that on the main podcast and so going into this I didn't know what to expect I was thinking maybe we'd get more news on where Pokemon Sleep is where that Detective Pikachu sequel for the Switch is where all, all the things that they talked about that we haven't gotten yet from that last Pokemon presentation that was like this. I was just wondering if we'd get more updates on those. And we kind of didn't mm-hmm. in any way. No which way. <clears throat> is really interesting. So they announced the Pokemon Cafe game that I thought was out now, but it was just a preload on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So it's preloaded. I'm ready to go with that on my Switch. Uh, I played a bit of Isle of Armor on stream today, so I got to the point where I got my Kubfu, and I'm enjoying it. So what Mm -hmm. I did, uh, Pokemon Home, I had to complete my Living Breathing Bio decks for the Pokeball-colored Majorney, or I have no idea how to pronounce that Pokemon's name. I didn't watch that movie. But, uh... Playing just how I enjoy this DLC, it's pretty great. It expands the Pokedex in a really good way. Like, they added a lot of good Pokemon, and just out of the Pokemon they've announced for the next DLC, I think we'll be at a really good spot going into the next games to just have the entire national decks. And if there's Sinnoh remakes, it makes a lot of sense for that to be the point to reintroduce the GTS into the main series games mm-hmm. and to have they're either going to do Let's Go Johto or Sinnoh remakes. And but I feel like Johto can learn a lot from this Gen 4 remakes mm-hmm. that Let's Go Johto would be really good, especially seeing the teasers um... that were in this one and the fact that they've announced another one for Literally seven days later. I wouldn't be scared if Let's Go jo- Let's Go Johto came out because Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee were so good. Yeah, like they, they, they were hit surprisingly for me. Like, they were such like like they were such a solid game. I mean, they expanded farther than just like your blue, red, yellow. They expanded into green, having green into the game, and adding that as a boss battle. Like, yeah, that's dope. Especially if you read the Pokemon Adventures manga. Exactly. Like it, it, their Let's Go series. I mean, it's not really a series. It's just those two. But those Let's Go games were really good, and even if I hated on them before they came out. I, those are those two games are one of my favorite Pokemon game experiences. Just because you, with the advances of the Switch and being able to play in like throw the Pokeball and catch the Pokemon, and the updated versions of the cities that I used to play in as a kid, and them adding on to that and adding on to the story that I. I knew, but knowing that I'm now an adult 
and being able to understand more and adding on to the series and adding on to the stories to where to I'm like, oh shit, there's more to this than I actually thought that than just like me beating Misty, going up to the nugget whatever and nugget like bridge and going on to the electric surge and going on to the Mount Rock and all that jazz. Like that game was so good that if they did that with Jodo I would be yeah, I would be so okay with it. Well see I'm the okay one with thing the that let's I'm go Johto because that would imply the existence of let's go Hoenn. No, that doesn't imply <laughs> anything. Let's go Johto just implies that they're just doing let's go Well, I would I wouldn't necessarily the, want it to, to be like anything as far as a Gen 2 game. I I happily accept. It's the second best generation. Like I'm really ready. I'd play it, but I'd hope that the re the remake would learn from all the advancements they've made, even in just the development of Sword and Shield. I just Cam, really would hope. Okay, Cam, Cam, because you're more coherent than I am at this point. Uh, <laughs> can you make this argument as to why Jodo is the best series? And I'll come in with my drunken argument. Uh, well, yeah, well, Jodo's the best, like, so the big thing that people that don't think Jodo's the best, like, say, like, um, oh, people that like Jodo only like it because you go back to Kanto, I'm like, that's, like, a nice feature, but I, that's not, and a close, like, that's not even, like, the top five reasons why well, I yeah, Jodo is I'm like not discrediting, best. no, I'm not like, saying, I'm not saying you, but there's in the past, like, that is, like, the most, like, I, I've heard that from countless people like oh you only like johto because you get to go back to kanto and like and and i'm like that is really cool but like i yeah, think that's, that that's not the reason that gen 2 is special in any way i don't yeah i feel like the argument for gen 2 and like i'm not gen 2 honestly the anime for me was a lot so good yeah the anime so was good, probably man. the best anime yeah. that pokemon like journeys is hitting great and like certain things like generations and like pokemon legends yeah exactly like we've had some high quality things but i think for like the main series of pokemon that entire gen 2 run of the anime was probably the strongest run the pokemon anime has ever had and it just was so consistently and that helped build out the world like we yeah. were the same age at that time, so that was getting into destination viewing for kids. Like, you started, you knew Pokemon was coming on Saturday morning, so you had to make sure you were up to see the all-new episode of Pokemon, it, especially through Gen 2. Like, it started to fall apart and, like, switch networks, and we had a lot of issues with the Pokemon anime, like, consistently since then, like... Sun and Moon seems to be a lot stronger of an anime, but I don't think I don't see any Pokemon anime ever reaching the heights that Gen Two reached, and so I can accept a lot of the things. That's why I say it's the second best because, like Hoenn, for me the games 
and like the mechanics that were introduced in the games, the fact that these games are still, I have my Blaziken from my Ruby version from the third grade that still, I have that Blaziken in Pokemon Home waiting for Blaziken to be supported in Sword and Shield. So that's one thing I did lose when they switched from Game Boy Color to Game Boy Advance and you lost that connection, like losing those Pokemon, I used the Pokemon that I would catch, like my Gen 3, like my Groudon was used in Diamond and Pearl. And so my connection to those Pokemon, especially that entire generation, like Metagross is one of the Pokemon that if I'm, well, he's coming in Crown Tundra to Sword and Shield, but Metagross is one of those Pokemon that I'll consistently go after the shiny. I have the shiny in Pokemon Home ready to go, and then I also have I the only Pokemon Go community community day that I ever did was the Beldum community day to get a shiny Beldum to get a shiny Metagross. Yeah, but okay. So my one of my favorite experiences in gold and silver i because i didn't really play crystal um i didn't have that much money to buy that game after also getting gold and silver uh was literally like going through the game and playing through kane like playing through johto and having that amazing experience through johto and then also going back and being able to play through the exact same game that I just played as a, like, maybe a couple of years ago as a child, just, like, playing through, like, red and blue and also yellow, and going through Kanto, and then going up and fighting Red, who was the epitome of Kanto, just, like, he was the Pokemon master at that point, and you had to go up in this mountain that you had no idea you were about to do, and had this amazing fight music about to go down, like that you never heard from Pokemon before, and just like go in on red. That was the epit- that is still the epitome of gaming to me, because I will never let that feeling go as a child. Going and like being like, who the fuck am I fighting right now? In this moment, as a eight-year-old, just being like, what's going on? I thought I beat this game, and then you fight him, and you're like, first thing he throws out, Pikachu, and he's level ninety-eight, and you're just like, oh shit, yeah, that is the greatest. Yeah, that is. The one of the greatest experiences of gaming to me because I bet you I snapped when you threw that out. I snapped when he threw out Snorlax. I was like, You motherfucker, you didn't need to do that. That was not necessary. And you know what other Pokemon is snapping? Pokemon <laughs> snaps back, baby. Yeah, new Pokemon Snap was the last thing they showed at that conference today. And I mean. I was never really a big Pokemon Snap thing. The one big blind spot in my gaming history is the Nintendo 64. And... Unfortunately, got, it's the I, same here. <laughs> Mm-mm. 
I mean, so, that's yeah. something like I'd like to experience because like the sequels to that Pokemon Channel and all the game sixty four had some really solid games to it. Yeah, because like, like when when they dropped Let's Go uh, Pikachu and Eevee, I was like, oh, the next thing they need to bring back is Pokemon Snap. Like it would be perfect for the Switch at this point. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? You well, I mean around, it. it you know, the whole Wii U generation. Have fun. That's all I thought was like, hey, give us a Pokemon Snap game because it just makes sense. Like, as yeah. one of the few people who ever owned a Wii U, like, you can see my Wii U games behind me. <laughs> the Yo, thank you, Trash Boat. Pokemon Puzzle League 2. Win. Win. Well, I mean, you can play the Game Boy version of that. That's one thing. The Pokemon has been a lot better about emulating a lot of their older games or like virtual console izing their older games. So Pokemon Snap they put See, that I need on a Tetris Wii U effect as style just a Pokemon tease. Puzzle League. No. That would I mean Pokemon Puzzle League needs another game and Pokemon Snap has been a really it's there's a reason people are demanding that. The same reason Look, we got our Mystery Dungeon remakes. The same reason there all of these Pokemon spinoffs that have had followings over the years. I feel like are finally getting to the point that they are getting what they're due as far as getting these remakes. Getting a sequel. Getting the treatment that they deserve. So we got Mystery Dungeon. We've gotten Snap. We've gotten... At this point, we've gotten a million... I'd want, like, actual Troze, but we've gotten a million and one Pokemon puzzles. No, 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 no. See, the last... Other than Coliseum getting a new one, the next Pokemon game after spinoff that we need is Pokemon Channel. You think Pokemon Channel? I feel like Pokemon Channel was light on content, and I don't feel like Nintendo would invent... I mean, it had content when we were kids, and I mean, the amount of time we'd invest in every single game on GameCube, but I don't feel like that game would have the level of content and the, ha- the same kind of resonance that something like Pokemon Snap has coming out, because no, no. there, there, there that's are the thing people... about it. Pokemon Channel pretty much was just, uh, it was just take Pokemon Snap, Snap, make it a little bit smaller, and add some other different mini games. And a Pichu special to it. And that was Pokemon. Yeah. What about Pokemon Gale of Darkness? We could use another Yeah, one I mean, they could... If they put out... Because the Switch seems to have... Cons- the problem with doing a new Gale of Darkness is I don't feel like that team still is I mean, operating in the Pokemon space. Exist. Yeah. And I, Nintendo's really reaching out as far as on the mobile side, going to mobile developers and partnering with people that could do Pokemon-branded things on mobile. Because if they had Game Freak working on Pokemon Go, it'd be one thing. But they reached out to a Niantic that had like an existing formula that already worked. And that's how right. they've pushed pokemon go to become what it was and what it still is as far as in the pokemon community like legitimately all it's missing at this point is go integration they're slowly adding the generations they're adding 
stuff like Mega Evolutions. Like, the game's constantly evolving. Like, all the criticisms that I had about that game in the initial wave where everybody was playing it of, like, oh, we can't battle trainer to trainer. We can't trade. We can't... All of the issues that I had with that game, for the most part, have been solved at this point. And the reason they've been solved is because they went with Niantic. Niantic has... They have been able to grow because of the success of Pokemon Go and do other games like that in the world. But, yeah, I, that's the only reason I don't feel like we're going to get a XD Gale of Darkness or Coliseum-esque game for a while is just because I don't see a team even making games like that currently. Like, we're not getting that style of RPG from legitimately anywhere right now. So, I just don't see the team that the Pokemon company could bring on board and be like, hey, you guys make this. Because it's a a bunch of untested fresh faces. You know, where the magic happens. Yeah, but I'm saying even third party. Like, the current team, yeah, they've had a lot of interesting ideas and there's a lot of fresh faces that are developing the current pokemon games and dlc but i'm talking about those spin-offs that they'd have to reach out to somebody externally outside of the pokemon company outside of game freak they'd have to reach out to like some a square enix team let's say and no Square Enix team is currently developing anything that even remotely... I haven't seen a game since XD Gale of Darkness that reminds me of those games. Or the mechanics, or the gameplay, or the story, anything. At all. I will say that I think that I agree with y'all uh, about... I agree with you about Coliseum and Gale of Darkness. I don't think that if we even if we do get a game like that, it's not gonna like involve the plot threads of those two games with like the Shadow Pokemon and like um, all that jazz. But um, I think that it's something that we could realistically see in the coming years. Because let's say hypothetically that every other year we get a Let's Go game, and then the opposite years we get a new mainline game. Eventually, if we if they just kept going that way, they would uh, let's go would catch up and be like, okay, we can't we can't do this, uh, you know, one off uh, offset years anymore. So the let's go team's gonna have to do something else. Yeah, the enemy is yeah. gonna catch up to the manga. So I, yeah. I think that would be a good way to bring in like the um like the other base remake. So like remake Gen Four, you know. Like in the same way that they remade um, Ruby and Sapphire and Gold and Silver, so if they yeah. threw that into the mix, just having that offset it, that would like alleviate. And some I of that feel pressure. like they're the and teams are getting back. Other devs. Yeah, I feel What's like up? the teams are getting back to the point that they can do because for a while we had a pretty consistent cadence, and then it seemed like moving to the 3DS and mo- then moving to HD kind of messed up that cadence a bit but now that the switch like they have a lot more people and the switch seems to be easier to develop for just because of the revolutions we're getting game to game on the pokemon front right i mean this is just like 
legitimately every front, every oh, game. I was about to say, tell that to Atlas because. <laughs> yeah, tell that to Atlas. I mean, as far as Atlas, I think that's just like a marketing thing that they. I don't think it'd be an issue to port because you're getting mobile games, you're getting Steam like shovelware, you're getting all types of stuff developed for the Switch. And I mean, like, we were talking about this Apex Legends event happening at EA Play tomorrow. If yeah. even we get like a Nintendo Come Switch on. version of Cross stuff play like in Apex a Switch Legends, port. yeah, give it to us. And we've gotten like Overwatch on Switch. We've gotten Fortnite on Switch. We're getting stuff like Jump Force, like even third-party stuff coming to the Switch. Having all of these things, I just feel like. Developing for the Switch can't be hard. It has to be like the Vita. Where people, if you're developing a game, for the most part, porting it to Vita, as long as you're not a single-person developer, it's not extremely hard to do. And that's how I feel that the Switch architecture is currently. Because we're getting stuff like we just got all those 2K games. Like Bioshock, Borderlands. The time investment part of it, really. It's just that Mm -hmm. it just takes X amount of time. Right, but whereas time is money, Wii, you that's true. That's why all those games come out full price. <laughs> it's like shit. I can get this but, for like yeah, twenty five on PlayStation. But yeah, I think um, because I think that like the team, the 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 Sword and Shield team is gonna be the team that that makes the sin like that does the. Uh, eventual, you know, Sinnoh remake. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, eventually, you know, they're going to catch up and they're going to have to do something else outside of a Let's Go game uh, to give room for the mainline team to uh, keep doing what they're doing. Uh, so, I don't, yeah, I mean, like, this is all hypothetical, of course. Like, we don't know for certain that what's going to, uh, that uh, it's going to be Let's Go Johto. It could be something completely different that's not Let's Go or Sino remake at all. Um, uh, and this also, just like, seems to it, be the most concrete evidence, in my opinion, that we're getting Johto remakes. Like just the fact that they announced and their next event, and the wait, fact can that I just be out of Pokemon left field here? Actually, I'm just gonna be out of left field here. It's not gonna be Let's Go Johto because the Let's Go game is gonna be the Gen Four remake. That would make so many people mad. Yeah, I know. honestly, <laughs> I the know. fact that they're out here teasing and well, because... here's another thing to keep in mind, which I was going to say is that uh, this year is the 20th anniversary of Johto, so that could be another reason why they are like di- di- uh, displaying the Johto Pokemon like during that during that thing, or it could be a straight up tease to Let's Go Johto, um, but. You know, and it makes sense that because it is the 20th anniversary of Johto that it that it could come out uh, this year, um, because the because the Johto because Harkle Soul Silver came out on the 10th anniversary. So, I mean that it, that's a great point. It's that's <laughs> something I didn't even realize going into this. Uh, is that yeah? The, and I mean, as far as Japanese companies go in general it seems like those anniversaries are more like more attention is paid to those anniversaries like especially within nintendo they focus on like these big anniversaries of okay it's mario's 
25th anniversary or whatever and so they do a big celebration for that and pokemon like i remember the 20th anniversary of pokemon in general that entire year the company treated like a celebration like there were shiny distributions there were so like that was just the aspect of it the people who have a fondness for gen 2 like the 20th anniversary is a great opportunity for the pokemon company to have an excuse to do this because outside of this year it kind of like while they did start over with the remakes somewhat with the let's go game like just logically following their all over the place track record with pokemon games the next logical step would be a gen 4 remake like excluding just the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee Kanto remakes, but it is interesting that it is the 20th anniversary of those games, and yeah, the fact that they had them in the live stream. Yeah, regardless of what this next big project is, if uh, I think that whatever the Sword and Shield team, the mainline team, is working on next, I, like I am highly confident that it is the Sinnoh remake. Okay. Yeah. What. Well, and I mean, legitimately, whatever they put out, I'm going to buy. Like I've played, yeah, exactly. I played Pokemon <laughs> Quest entirely line. too much. Uh, I've been playing. I, I played as much Isle of Armor as I like. Legitimately had time to play today, and I know like there are people out there. Like I follow Joe Merrick of Cerebi.net on Twitter, and just seeing like, of course his coverage is going to be above and beyond anything that I'm capable of right now, but. Just seeing all the stuff they've added with this. Uh, I know we talked about it before the podcast, but how do you feel about the DLC approach with this generation of Pokemon? I think that um, when... I think it's good just in the case that most of Pokemon's like third entries or like fourth as they or like um you know sequel entries of sorts um, second entries of the same generation like all of them except for black and white two um were just like kind of like a definitive version of that generation um which is like one of those things like i don't really like black and white but i i think black and white two are great like unova is my least favorite generation but like i think but I think that Black and White 2 is one of the best Pokemon games because it's a sequel. It is not a rehash of what we've already played. It adds more. It has a great story. And that's like why I think Johto is the best generation because it is a straight-up sequel to the first game. But it's not even like a sequel where you're in the same region. No, it's a sequel and you're in a new region and there's new Pokemon and you get to see the aftermath of like what... Uh, you did in the first game and seeing like how team rocket has like basically disassembled but then like you know not really but giovanni's gone and like um and like silver's uh silver as a rival i think is silver is by far the best rival in pokemon and um he and like how his connection and ties to team rocket are and things like that and uh so that's like so when it comes to these dlcs like um I think that it's better than it's definitely better than just doing a rehash of, you know, where <laughs> Pokemon Gun <laughs> and all that Yo, stuff. That would be uh, great. When that was when that <laughs> was memeing. 
uh, around the internet. So yeah, I like that they, I like that they um, did the add-ons instead of the new entry where we're basically playing the same, uh, the same old, same old stuff with a little bit more additions and differences. Uh, especially because you know, um, the games normally don't level you, your Pokemon up to like a hundred, and and this one, and this one, like as long as you didn't level up uh, your Pokemon to a hundred or something after, you can continue with the same team that you have in these new areas and do these new things. So I think it's cool. I, I'm I'm personally waiting until uh, Crown of Tundra is out just so I can knock them both out at the same time. Um, but yeah, because it doesn't seem like, as far as content, the, these expansions aren't huge dumps of content. They're, they seem small, bite-sized. Like, I was just excited because one of my criticisms going into this generation was the lack of national decks. And yes. so I was super, because like I've completed my living, breathing bio decks, I want to be able to bring my Pokemon. I've legitimately brought pokemon all the way from my ruby and emerald and fire red gen 3 games all the way with me through pokemon bank and all the like convoluted methods of bringing pokemon forward so that was one of my main criticisms just i realize i'm an edge case and but i also realize that there are other people out there in the pokemon community like me that i'm not a shiny hunter in particular, I'm not a competitive battler, but I do have the nostalgia factor for these Pokemon that I've had with me for over a decade at this point. So one of my criticisms was, especially when they talked about Pokemon Home and they said, well, we're not, they're not all going to be compatible with Sword and Shield. I'm like, so legitimately you're constricting my pokemon just to this app like they were and i mean it wasn't the worst thing in the world because pokemon home they were kind of just sitting there for a while yeah more than anything the these are like expansions seem like just completing the game like yeah let's make it what it should be you know like let's add in that dex that you've been missing in a few quality of life pieces yeah, so. and that's one thing, like, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but they added following Pokemon. So, like, why, why wasn't that Jirachi in the, what wasn't that in the game on. already? <laughs> like, they had that in Let's Go. Like, that should have at least rolled over into this game. But And, I mean, I feel like they're taking the criticisms and the feedback from the base mm-hmm. game and actually doing something about it. Like, Waylord, that's one thing, like, there's a giant waylord off the coast of the Isle of Armor. And so it's like a thing of you ride your bike up to the waylord and you catch this giant waylord. And then you have it actually following you around, not 100% to scale, but like more to scale than he's been in the game. So I feel like they're taking direct points of criticism from the main game and just like addressing them as head on as possible. And so that's all I could really ask for from the team. Like They're learning from their mistakes. They are implementing changes that people want to see in the games. And, I mean, that's all you can really ask for from any developer, especially, like, this DLC, It, relatively speaking, this season pass is... You're getting a lot of content for, like, low amount of money. Especially in the Nintendo world. 
Yeah, and regarding the fo following Pokemon thing, like, um, I'm, uh, I'm not using this as a key to also to, to preach more about why Johto's the best generation, but like, um, <laughs> like in the Let's Go, in Let's Go Kanto, like, it, it made, like, I think it made sense about your Pokemon following you just because it was a more casual experience than the, than the mainline um, Pokemon games are. But like, you know, them bringing it into, uh, uh, Isle of Armor. Do you need like the actual Isle of Armor expansion for that, or did it just was it in a? Is there like a free update where you get that now? Yeah, there's too? a free update. Uh, actually, before this, Madrid doesn't have the Isle of Armor, or okay. like he doesn't have the expansion pass, but I do. Not yet. Uh, but one like a Pokemon he likes is Rockruff and Lycanroc. So I mm -hmm. just went out into the. I had there's seen them good in the puppies. wild, doing the, like doing the trials to get up to where I got my cub foo in the expansion I had seen wild rock roughs and lichen rocks so I went out and I caught those and I traded them to him he just had to update his game and so if you have pokemon home like if you bought the membership like I did you can just go down a list of returning pokemon that are now supported and just put them all in the game and so you can start building your team with these hundred additional Pokemon that they just added alongside the DLC. So yeah, you okay, don't cool. have to spend a penny. And I mean, there are like Gigantamax raids. So all the new stuff is supported across the board. Like you could get traded a Cubfu and Even I'm not sure how it evolves to Urshifu yet, but you could have a Cubfu in just base game if that's what you wanted to do. Like if somebody okay. were to buy the game right now, they could custom pick their team from the like 500 it, pokemon that are in there right now it's just more the areas and the uh the story stuff that's yeah DLC. Okay. well so like they just take you directly to the isle of armor and that's completely all standalone like it doesn't affect they're not even calling me the champion which they were doing in the base game like after i had beat leon they're like oh the champion like even the pokemon centers and stuff were calling me the champion but this, like, they do scale it, so I'm playing through it with, with a level 100 team. And so battles are level 60 and, like, wild Pokemon, like, the overworld spawns in the wild area are level 80. And so... Oh, shit, okay. That's how it's scaling for me. Like, that Waylord I talked about earlier that I caught and had follow me around the Isle of Armor... That was level 82, I want to say. Dang. Okay. So, it nice. is really great. But, I mean, yeah. All the additional... The problem that I do have... So, the entire island is like the wild area. There are no routes. There's no, like, static camera unless you're in a building. There's no, like... It's completely free roam. And... I've legitimately gotten lost. They were like, go find these max mushrooms. You just have to go through this forest. And I got turned around like at least three different times going through this forest and legitimately turned around because I had free control of the camera. And But there's no like map and there's no like indicator of even north. So the second I turn the camera around to do a raid den or something, I'm completely... I'm disoriented, and I'm sure that won't be a problem going further. Like, as I get more accustomed to playing the Isle of Armor, but, like, as far as the first experience, it was something weird for a Pokemon game. Like, Pokemon games, 
it doesn't matter like I pop in a cartridge of any Pokemon game and I can pretty much figure out where I need to go and this it just had that added element that you somewhat felt in the wild area but it's just everything mm-hmm. like I before I even got my cup food I found the water Urshifu tower to tr- while doing the trials to get my cup food so yeah I think it's it's interesting and so you're getting the they updated like trade codes are now eight digits because to make sure you're definitely getting with the person you're trying to play with but you're so getting small all the quality of life things yeah and the, mm-hmm. it's stuff they're addressing of like oh if I'm trying to trade with you Madrid on today where Pokemon traffic's probably the highest we probably would have got con- gotten connected with people we didn't want to get connected with if it were just four digits. But with eight digits, we were guaranteed to connect with each other even when the Pokemon servers have to be slammed with people trying to trade and battle and just do max raids. Okay. Oh, and also the... I just want to do this as a general PSA for everybody listening, everybody watching live. Everybody on the podcast right now, because I think I'm the only one that's done it. There are Zero Aura Max Raid battles going on right now in promoted dens, even in the wild area in the base game, where you can go, you can battle Zero Aura, and you can't catch him. But if you beat him and you use Pokemon Home within the next two weeks of by the time this episode is posted, you'll be able to get a shiny Zera Aura as long as a million players beat it. So, like, even if you just have the base game, go and try and, like, connect online, try and join a Zera Aura raid just so you're counted towards that million players, which, like, with the way Pokemon sells, I have no doubt they've probably already hit a million. But just in case, go in and do that, and then all players will have access to the distribution of the shiny zero aura which hasn't been available legitimately ever before nice yeah that would uh that's that's good to know i definitely um like i've you know i've I've strayed away from pokemon like pokemon is still a series i will always it is the reason why i play video games it's the reason i'm a gamer and, and and uh and I will always like buy the newest entry when it comes out uh, because of that. Um, and there have been times where I've thought about, like, man, I really want to make a, you know, I really want to get a like a, a living Dex. Like, I want to, I want to own all the Pokemon and stuff like that. Um, so, and so like when I think about like these shiny events, I'm like mm, maybe I should like take advantage of that. Normally I don't, but um, I, I really want to. I don't know. I it's just like. I just feel like it's too much work. I think it's just like a, an intimidating task to complete. But well, yeah. maybe someday. For me, it as like bringing all my Pokemon from Bank and then adding them with everything in Sword and Shield. Because that was my goal going into Sword and Shield. Because everybody's like, oh, you're complaining about National Decks being gone. But none of you ever really complete the National Decks. Like, it's not really affecting you. And I'm like, all right, bet. I will go into this game and I will get all 400 of these available Pokemon. So I completed my national decks. I 
while playing through the game, like I went through, caught everything, like this before Pokemon Home integration, and I went through and I a hundred percent completed that deck. So for me, it was just like a thing of like I realize I'm an outlier, and I realize, but like don't delegitimize my concerns because I'm an outlier. Like understand that this game has been around for decades at this point. And people have this legacy that they, that, like, I'm sure everybody complaining about the national decks wasn't in the same boat as me. But there were people out there that had these complaints. And, I mean, they're addressing them. Adding 200 Pokemon, they, they're, by the time all the DLC is out, there will be under 100 Pokemon that are missing from Sword and Shield. And, honestly, they could do an update. They could... Put it in these Johto potential Johto or Sinnoh remakes, and like they're modeling all the Pokemon. They have overworld animations for a lot of them. We're getting to the point that I think the Crown Tundra will end or will drop. And I mean, I'm already somewhat satisfied with the changes they've made to their approach. The fact that they're they announced a DLC plan. They're putting more Pokemon in the game. Like, I'm glad that they're doing what they've been doing as far as that. But I'm going to take a quick break because I'm like three beers in. Um, and I'll be right back with you guys. So, Ken, what did you think about that PlayStation uh, event? Since... Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fine. That was fine. Uh, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people thought like it was like, I I just saw like a lot of people saying like that was one of the greatest presentations ever. I'm like, I guess I I guess I saw something else. I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, I think the, you know, the Spider-Man announcement was dope. Um, obviously. Yeah, that shit had me like yes. hooked early yes. on. Like, like little, GTA Five. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh. Like, because the Spider-Man announcement was right after that, and for, like, the second half, like, the first half of that presentation, like, me and my uh, DualShockers colleagues were just, just kept talking about Spider-Man. We were just, (laughs) we were just like, oh my god, that's coming out this year? Are you kidding me? Like, uh, because I, here's the thing, like, I was saying, I've said, uh, like, on a few podcasts before, and, like, just on social media, that, like... I was so confident that we were going to get a new Spider-Man before Horizon. And because uh, so many other people, like, you know, like, uh, even, uh, you know, the kind of funny people and, like, other big journalist people said that they thought that we were going to get Horizon 2 first. And I was like, there's no fucking way we're going to get Horizon 2 before Spider-Man. Because, like, we know that regardless of whatever Spider-Man game we're getting, it's going to take place in New York. There's so many reusable assets that they have for for their sequels that, like, it's it would be much quicker to make... Uh, spider a second spider-man game so i was very happy when uh i like just the uh uh what's the right word um just just happy that i was right i was i i I, I was i was happy that i was right (laughs) um so but yeah um i thought that uh kenna bridge of the spirits bridge of spirits i think that one with the little black uh thingies i thought that, that looked really cool um, yeah, little the Studio Devlin. Ghibli style Pikmin. Yeah, basically. kind of. Yeah, yeah, the Pikmin type game. 
Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, that um, looked dope. And uh, and uh, Little Devil Inside was my the thing that like obviously I'm hyped for Miles Morales, obviously, but like that was the game that I was just like this, like this is my game of the of the presentation. It was definitely uh, I really liked the trailer. I liked how it was very like Wes Andersony in its direction. Um, I think the art style was cool, and it, it's uh, I like the uh, the whole aesthetic and vibe that it brought um yeah but overall i thought it was an okay thing like most of the stuff that we saw were were just cgi trailers almost like or, or, of games that we already were expecting to be announced and come out or, or like or come out so i was just like it, it like I, I didn't see what was so special about the presentation as a whole so like again i thought it was fine um you know so uh there's definitely some games i'm looking forward to um I like when when Spider-Man was announced. I was just like, "That's it. I'm getting a PS5 day one." Because I because I'm more of an Xbox guy, so I'm definitely getting the Series X day one. Um, and I was just like, uh, "But now I'm just like, man, I think I have to get a PS5 day one too." But the more I've been like thinking about yeah, it since Miles after Morales, like it's... after yeah after it's getting the, the boy, come on <laughs> yeah after getting the hype kind of and being able to like think about it more, I don't. I, I don't know if I'm going to drop all that money just for one game. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there are other games. I'm sure. What was that game with the people in the spacesuits? Because that that caught my attention. Uh, oh, Pragmata. Yeah, yeah. The Capcom game. Yeah, again, a lot of cool games that were just that were just CGI trailers. I'm like, okay, well, we'll probably see this more mm. during the summer of next year, and then they'll come out like probably holiday 2021. And I'm Project like, Project okay, well, caught my eye as well. Yeah, that looked cool too. Or return um, Yeah, there were other again like all the games like well, there were, like no. I don't think there was many Bug games snacks? That I, <laughs> Bug snacks, yeah. No. I don't think I don't think there were many games that I was like straight up not into. Um, but all of them were uh, at least outside of Miles Morales and like Horizon like the first party stuff. All of them uh, are seemingly like timed exclusives. Yeah. And none of them are like were so so selling to me where I was just like I gotta get this day one um, when it comes out to, so I can just wait until it it does come to Xbox like I was super stoked at uh, you know I went to the Bethesda conference last year and saw Deathloop when it premiered and I was like that looks fucking awesome and yeah that's I wait on that. I'm like and and I uh, you know I love uh, Arcane Studios I love uh, Dishonored. Uh, I haven't played Prey yet, but I've heard good things. Um, it's 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 in my backlog. It's there. I'm definitely gonna play it at some point. Um, and yeah, uh, so when I saw Deathloop, I was like, that's cool. And I saw it was timed exclusive. I'm like, well, that sucks. But it didn't. It wasn't like so amazing where I need to get it day one. Like I can wait for it to hit Xbox Series X and play it that way because that's the way I want to play it. Yeah, and I get that. I mean. Like, as far, we're primarily on the podcast, like, PlayStation or PC-centric, but, yeah. and that's one of the things I talk to, I'm, I'm somewhat agnostic, like, I have a PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, Same but, here. like, I, I primarily play on my PlayStation, so I understand the people who, even if you're platform agnostic and you have all the systems and are able to play the games in all these different ways. Like, I understand having that preference towards Xbox, but, like, I talk to some of the people that when I'm playing on Xbox, I play with the day of the PlayStation 5 announcement, and 
like I there there was nothing on that Xbox has shown that would pull a PlayStation gamer to Xbox and there's nothing that PlayStation has shown especially not exclusively that would bring like I feel like this generation more so than the last one especially with backwards compatibility especially with all the things like I know PlayStation's like falling behind but yeah like stuff like Game Pass PlayStation now trophies achievements all of these things that weren't as ingrained going into this generation now have like really dug their roots in going mm-hmm. into the next generation so I don't I don't feel like right now PlayStation is competing with Xbox as far as like their the people who are going to buy their systems I feel like anybody who was playing Xbox One this generation or even playing 360 last generation that continued on to Xbox One are going to go with Series X and everybody like me who last generation I started with PS3 and then well current generation I started with PS4 and have gotten a PS4 Pro I still don't even have a Xbox One X oh it's such a great console oh man like I'm a really resolution based guy in general Mm -hmm. so like PC the prime reason I play things on PC is to get higher resolutions and like I play games on 4k monitors I've pretty much that's nice yeah so like my (laughs) primary monitor at my desk is 4k HDR and just the stuff Xbox has been doing I'm glad we're going to see a lot of these benefits on PC from the work they've been doing as far as like implementing AI driven HDR into their their first party games and stuff like that like I'm glad we're seeing a lot of that but I just don't feel like either of these like either of the big two at this point because Nintendo's off in their own lane which they've been in Mm -hmm. pretty much since the GameCube of like not competing directly uh like out of the big two I don't see anything that either of them are doing that it's going to bring the diehards or even the people who just like loosely associate like a lot of times when I hear conversations outside of the gaming space I hear people like for my anniversary a few years ago uh this is like around the dawn of Fortnite we're at a Brazilian restaurant and I hear guys talking about playing Fortnite before it even has crossplay and they're like well whatever you play Call of Duty on you should play Fortnite on and I feel like even the people that have like that level of understanding, especially with crossplay becoming more of a thing and cross compatibility, cross save, all of the like being able to move between platforms, even if you have multiple platforms, I feel like all of these things, like ne- going into next generation, it doesn't matter which box you get outside of exclusives. You're just, you're going to be getting a similar feature set. You're going to be getting, and you're going to be continuing in the ecosystem you become comfortable with at this point. Yeah, I I agree completely. I think that uh, if you're a PlayStation person, you're going to stay a PlayStation person. If you're an Xbox person, you're going to stay an Xbox person. Um, I think that, like, it's, like, because here's the thing, like, people are, like, the thing that's annoying is that, like, there are those... PlayStation fans that say that like 
you know, PS5 has already won, even though Xbox hasn't even had their event in July, and they thought that the event before the PlayStation event was their event for this summer, and it's like, no. Well, no. Like, what are you Xbox, talking about? Xbox, like, that's one thing I do give credit to about Xbox, like, and that's one of the things I liked about the Pokemon thing. Like, they have a roadmap. They have a plan. They have, like, a setup of what they're... Like, that third-party showcase that Xbox had, like, while it was somewhat of a weak showcase, like, just personally speaking, like, those aren't the game... Like, they said specifically, hey, our first-party stuff is coming later. Halo yeah. Infinite is coming later. Like, a lot mm -hmm. of these big games that we don't even know about yet at all on the xbox side because they've been buying up these studios for years they've been investing in these projects for years like we don't know what the next cuphead is from xbox mm -hmm. yet but we see that playstation like a lot of these games that they put playstation studios at the front of the trailer that they're like even if it's just timed exclusivity that they're trying to associate with their brands i feel like playstation their initial push was more of a unified push but xbox people are just disregarding the fact that xbox is like hey we have a plan here's our plan here's our roadmap and then people are just disregarding that information because look i'm gonna be 100 a with unified... you i've played enough unfinished live service games with a roadmap to know that a roadmap means nothing but Xbox I think that is... Xbox has shown and proven themselves that they are getting themselves. Uh, they've already put themselves in this great place moving forward to next gen. Like they have been the front end of the conversation since the beginning right. of next gen. Oh, no, you're 100 right. Heck, I'm good. A lot of their, a lot of the Xbox exclusive ends up on PC through their service within two weeks. I'm clean. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, you know, and that's the thing with PC gamers. Like, you know, I have a PC, but I still like to play on Xbox because I like to play on a giant 4K HDR television, you know? Um, so, like, for those that get to play it on PC, good for them. But, like, also, like, you know, I I have, um, you know, I, I have friends that have all the systems. I see them playing on Xbox all the time. Like, it's just, it's just, this is a personal preference, you know? Um, it, it's just, um, I think that at this point... You know, we just got to see what Xbox has to show outside of Halo Infinite uh, in July. Like, there's already heavy rumors about... Uh, Wait, are they showing off Senna's Odyssey? I know they uh, dropped a trailer for that at the press conference. We don't know what they're showing. We know that they're showing Halo Infinite, and then they're showing off other first-party titles. We yeah. don't know specifically what. Um, so, for me, like, I think, based off of the rumors that... I think carry a lot of weight. I think we're gonna get a new Fable game announced by. Doug, I was about to say Fable, but I didn't want to be that guy. But, really. yeah. Wait, wait, what is Lionhead doing these days? Lionhead is no closed. longer a studio. Yeah, huh? they closed nope. a few years back. They closed. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing. Lionhead just like Playground Games, who makes the Forza Horizon series, uh, may, is is rumored to be making a new Fable game. Yeah, and okay, I mean, well, even... Let's hope they can actually let me be evil. <laughs> well, so... I mean, we've had a few generations, so, like, as far as what... I feel like Xbox just has to show that they... Like, for me, as somebody who, like, I'm somewhat in both ecosystems, like, the thing that Xbox needs to show at this point that they haven't is that 
their series, their IP, their stable of studios, that they understand how to utilize them correctly. Because that is still yeah. the yeah. place where we have the stumbles. We have stuff like Bleeding Edge. We have issues like the PSO PC launch coming from the Microsoft end of things. Like They really need to get everything together. Like just sh- You have all this potential. Just show that you know what you're doing with this potential. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, I agree completely. And uh, one thing that I don't think is going to happen, but I would be so hyped as an Xbox person if they did do this, is uh, if they purchased WB Interactive because that's currently oh like, that is up said, like that they're looking at that is currently like uh, they're trying to sell that and that yeah. would make Rocksteady an Xbox exclusive. That'd make Studio. a lot of big franchises. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, like NetherRealm. Even the thing. NetherRealm. Yeah. That's a lot of So, what's that? that that's that Harry Potter game. That's the rumored Batman game. That's the rumored Rocksteady game. Duh. That would be well, and, then, thing, and then don't bro, forget, uh, NetherRealm have... said they were making a non-Mortal Kombat game. Well, non-Mortal Kombat fighting game. Which is probably just going to be Shaolin Monks 2. Because I saw the ending aftermath, and it's like, oh, that Shaolin monks right there. Well, they did already say that they. That does not mean that they have the Batman IP to use, like to use. But like mm-hmm. anything that they would be currently working on, yes, they would get that finished. Like whatever WB Montreal is working on, but like that doesn't guarantee that in the future that they would be able to use the Batman IP, um, because they're not straight out buying Warner Brothers. Okay, just, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um just their just their studios. Um. So that would be a huge get for Xbox if uh, if they got Rocksteady because Rocksteady, yeah. even though like Arkham Knight is still like a what 20, 2015 game, I still think it's like quality wise, like objectively one of the best games this generation, and uh, I think that and that was such an early and especially like uh, like also visually like. Bef- uh, before like the big 4K HDR stuff, like that was one of the best looking games, and still I think is um, this generation. That that would be a that would be a massive get if Microsoft uh, yeah bought that stu- uh, bought bought that out. I totally agree. Like if Rocksteady were to sell to a first party, it doesn't matter if it's Microsoft or Sony. Like because honestly, Sony's closed so many studios in the last generation between all the stuff with like. They put studios on VR projects and then closed them, put studios on Vita projects and then closed them, like did a lot of experimental stuff and like has the PlayStation first party is nowhere near as strong as it was going into the PS4 generation as it is going into the PS5. So I really feel like having no matter who buys WB, that is a solid stable of developers to just add. Like, there's a solid 100%. list of IPs, a, a solid list of properties, a solid list of just... That, no matter... Even if Nintendo does it, and Mortal Kombat somehow becomes a Nintendo first-party exclusive by the end of this next generation, which crazier things have Only happened. friendships, only. <laughs> only, right. No fa- Mortal Kombat F... Oh, friendships only. But, uh, yeah, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, Cam, I don't want to hold you for too long. Um, 
we've been going for a while now in the grand scheme of things. Well, we're uh, good. Thank you for coming. Hopefully, we can have you back on like a more focused episode. Hopefully, we can work with you again during this mm-hmm. quarantine because it was really a great experience having you on this episode and having your unique takes as like a, ge- a industry insider like we've been podcasting for a long time this is like technically episode 165 in our total stable of episodes but ha- being able to talk to somebody who like dual shockers is a website that i've legitimately gone to for news before i've legitimately gone there because like my weird random obscure playstation google search just (laughs) happened to like lead me to dual shockers of like hey does anybody remember folding at home on the ps3 like i've gone to dual shockers for articles like that and like looking at your personal stories that you've written like i'm on your actual profile on dual shockers it seems like I feel like I was the only person alive talking about sludge life and you wrote a story about sludge life. So Mm -hmm. definitely I look forward to following your work more closely now, now that I have a face and a voice to associate and like your Twitter account, like I told you a hundred percent sold me for the minute (laughs) I interacted. I was like, Oh, this guy, like your banner has cloud and Pokemon. Final oh, oh, my banner! Yeah. yeah, my banner! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a uh, Cloud, Clementine, Legion, uh, Riku, and Entei. Yeah, right. So that I mean, that's solid just lineup. an entire <laughs> yeah, a solid lineup. And like it's just like it's like my five favorite characters, like representing like they're they're basically my five favorite characters. You know, so that's I mean, Pokemon Entei is my favorite Pokemon. So like uh, I just thought I used Entei, but I could have done Silver too because I think Silver is a really great character. But yeah. Yeah, I got. Yeah, so <laughs> look yeah. forward to doing that. Where can the cheesy controller audience find you and follow you in case they also got the like incredibly positive vibes that I got from uh, interacting yeah. with you? Yeah, um, I uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Cinephile Guy, and I uh, stream on Twitch at Twitch.tv/TheCinephileGuy. And then you can follow me, uh, my writing at DualShockers.com, and you can follow DualShockers at DualShockers on Twitter. All right, you can follow the podcast collectively around the internet, CheesyController.podcast.com. We have links from there to take you anywhere to find any of our content. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Anton6. Chris? Chef and Chris. Jalen? Squid Bishop. Madrid? Speedwagon X. All right, this has been an Akuma Santi production. Until next time, keep it cheesy.